Welcome to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour with Dennis McCord, founder of God Hope Ministries, along with co-host Dr. Michael Bogart, president of Aspect Ministries. Kingdom Talk is where Christ is King, and we are the subjects and citizens of the Kingdom of God. Yes, welcome once again to Kingdom Talk Radio Hour every Saturday here on Talk Radio 1550 KXEX, the best talk in town. We're the voice in the wilderness, Kingdom Talk Radio, and we're talking all things kingdom. You can also join us on Facebook uh, uh, at uh, Kingdom Talk or YouTube, and you can uh, also email us at kingdomtalk at gmail.com. And uh, this is the radio hour, again, every Saturday from 12 to 1, where we're focusing on the kingdom of God. We look at the scriptures with regards to what is the kingdom and discuss how we function and live as citizens in the kingdom of God. And we'll take time to showcase various ministries here. And today we have a very special guest and a longtime friend of mine, Dr. Mark Eshelman. So good to have you here today, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you. And we'll, we'll get right to you, Mark, in just a minute. Uh, and I just wanted to uh, remind everybody about the 21-day prayer and fasting that is going on uh, here. Uh, really, actually, throughout the nation, uh, there is a, uh, a movement of prayer and fasting uh, at the beginning of the year in 2022. I think this happens multiple years. And it's a, uh, it's a great uh, opportunity for the body of Christ to come together and fast and pray together and demonstrate that unity. So there's about 30 or more churches that are participating in this, and this is a 21-day fast from January 10th through January 30th, so whether you do some Daniel fasting, do some water fasting, or uh, maybe just uh, social media and or electronics, whatever the Lord puts on your heart to join in. And every night there's a service of worship and prayer and fasting going on at multiple, there's 21 different churches that are actually hosting these. And so um, uh, for those who are listening live on Facebook uh, tonight, Friday night, uh, at the First Presbyterian Church uh, at uh, at 6 o'clock, I'm sorry, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., and then uh, Saturday, if you're listening on the radio, Saturday here, uh, it's uh, January 15th at uh, at uh, Bethel Pastors, it's a Hispanic, looks like Spanish church, uh, January 15th, and Sunday, January 16th at North Park Community Church, they're all at 7 p.m., Sunday, January 16th, North Park Community Church. Monday, January 17th, Butler Church. And if you go to the website, you'll be able to see the list here. That's northparkchurch.org. It has the list of all of the different events that are going on and some information about fasting and joining in in unity as the singular body of Christ, the capital C Church here in Central California, and uh, interceding and praying and fasting for God to uh, move in amazing ways in 2022 and beyond. Again, that's northparkchurch.org, and you'll see all the information there on this 21 days of fasting. And this is certainly a time to get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ in the midst of what's going on in our world, in our own lives. Uh, There is stress and pressure on relationships, finances. Uh, People are struggling, uh, as always, but more so with depression, the suicide rates are up. There's a lot of darkness going on. But again, the light shines the brightest during the darkest times. And uh, we read in Isaiah that, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon us, 
His light shall shine upon us. And so arise and shine uh, and let the glory of the Lord uh, manifest in our own personal lives. And uh, Dr. Mark uh, Eshelman, uh, you graduated, uh, uh, you you taught at at Calvin University and you graduated from Trinity. Yep. Yep. And uh, and so also now uh, you and your wife uh, early on in your relationship, you ended up living in Switzerland at Labrie. Is that correct? We did. Yeah. After my graduate work. Okay. Um, we had a chance to go overseas and do a, what they call a postdoc. You can do such things forever if you're good at it. <laughs> we had two years in Switzerland, one down in the city and one a uh, little over a year at that point. Uh-huh. Uh, on site at Libri and I lived in one of their chalets that they rented to us. Wow, what an experience. Now, many people listening in uh, will not know of uh, Libri or Francis Schaeffer, but he is a historical uh, leader in the Church of Jesus Christ, uh, and he had a huge impact, uh, and Libri was one of those expressions of what he was about. But uh, Francis Schaeffer really did deposit something. The Lord deposited something in him, what is it that we would be uh, remiss if we didn't remember what God did through Francis Schaeffer in light of our cultural circumstances? Right. That's a very good question. There's a huge temptation to isolate as believers and just separate ourselves from the world. And Francis Schaeffer really believed that was the wrong direction, that we should actually engage with the culture. Mm-hmm. And actually we have uh, we have wonderful answers to the questions that they they are raising, and they're relevant to their lives at a very deep, deep level. And that's what Francis Schaeffer believed, and that's what he lived. And that's why you have the books you have and the places that you have. There's a number of places worldwide that are called Libri. It's not, really? just, a single, not just a single place. Okay. There's uh, at least two in, in the United States as well. So it's an it's a interesting place. But his, his, his deposit, if you call it that, if you want to call it that, it was really this re-engagement of Christianity and conversations with non-believers about the things they really care about. Really, it's, it's, it's bringing the gospel to the culture, isn't it? Relevancy. Yes. Yeah, the gospel is very relevant to our culture today. Um, some of us folks, folks know that, some of us don't. Right. But the, the gospel is what people really need. They don't know that they need it, of course, because they're, they're caught in blindness. And that's that's the devil's uh, opportunity there to keep them in in, in chains. Mm. But once uh, once the light shines, as you talked about in the opening, right? Once the light shines on them, the the relevance of of uh, the the gospel is is very apparent. And it's through the those the, the the relevance of the gospel, the understanding of the gospel, that the chains are broken and and we move away into freedom, which is hopefully what we'll talk about at some point here. Yes, that is so good, you know, because. You know, for uh, many seasons of the church, and even today, there are certain sectors, certain tribes within Christianity that um, have kind of a hunker-down, um, isolationist uh, viewpoint of the church uh, to basically be in a conclave and be sequestered uh, somewhere in a cave or whatever, you know, uh, metaphorically, and not really get out there and uh, bring the gospel uh, into into the culture and into practical life. And you know, Jesus said that we're to be the salt of the earth, right? We're the light of the world because he's the light of the world. And so we're to influence, aren't we, the world? Yeah, yeah it's actually, he, he describes us as the salt, so we have no other choice. Yeah. I mean, he describes us as the light, so we have no other choice. 
except to put, of course, the bushel over the top of the light, yeah, which would be uh, to remove ourselves from the culture, right? right? But the culture, um, the culture needs us embedded in itself in order to be that salt mm. and light. Absolutely. Right. Oh my goodness, yes. You know, uh, so let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Um, in, in embracing the culture, um, we're not to be partisan. We're to be uh, uh, really kingdom-minded in bringing uh, the amazing principles of Christ, but ultimately the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God and the salvation. And uh, in thinking about this in Francis Schaeffer and how that he— Really, uh, you know, he 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 refocused uh, so many uh, leaders in the church to to not shrink back uh, because we haven't been given the spirit of fear. Correct. Right. Uh, Absolutely. How does that go? He's not given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind or self. Right. 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 And you were just recently looking at that, and we had a conversation prior to coming on the air about how that well, that spoke to you in a, in a fresh way. Well, yeah. So. Um, if if you look at the different um, two options, really, we only have two options in the spiritual realm. We right? yeah. the realm of evil, mm-hmm. which is ruled by fear, and the realm of Christ, the realm of the Father, which is ruled by love, mm. right? So if you look at that verse in that context, then the spirit of fear is what? The spirit of fear is the domain of evil. Mm. So God has not given us a spirit of fear in the domain of evil, right? but instead has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And radically, or just something I just recently re- discovered, is that, well, who has those things? Power, love, and sound wisdom, sound rational thought. Right. Well, that would be clearly the Holy Spirit in there my view. Go. So those, those are the two options, the spirit of fear or the spirit of God in that. And we carry this, as you know, we carry with us the Spirit of God at all times as believers. Mm. The Spirit resides in us as believers, and we are salt and light because we carry this Spirit within us. Exactly. Well, that's really good, uh, Dr. Mark, because, you know, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, You have he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins when you once walked according to the course of this world, according to uh, uh, the, the prince and power of the air and uh, uh, the Spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Mm-hmm. So there is a zeitgeist. There is a spirit of the age yep. that is There's different fighting. elements to it, absolutely. There's the element of the age, which is the mm-hmm. world thought spirit, right? Mm-hmm. The, the world thought collective, if you will, mm-hmm. the way of thinking of the world. Uh, and then there's the spirit itself. We believe in a spiritual realm as believers. Yes. The spiritual realm is not invisible. The spirit there's not is not um unreal. The spirit of, of of the of the world is still there. It it started right in the very garden. You saw that appear. There this spirit appeared that uh, that uh, enlightened the snake to have this crazy conversation with this woman who had no intention of doing what she was doing. Yeah. And she was deceived. And that's one of the major pathways that that evil enters in is deception, yeah. And then we have the Spirit of God that comes in. We have God himself that appears then and walks around and talks to them. Yes. And they're in the middle, caught um, having believed this lie and yet experiencing directly the grace of God in that he didn't do what he might have done as a holy God and start over with a flash. Yeah. 
Wow, he ended up uh, covering them, didn't he? With he the did, animal absolutely. skin, he there was a sacrifice that, there, yeah. really, that uh, yeah. God extended grace even in the garden. Beautiful exactly. picture for us today. Now, uh, the thing is, is that that verse there um, in um, in Second uh, uh, Timothy, God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of self-discipline, of sound right. mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, he's, and then Paul, the very next verse, right? He's all part of the same thought. He says that mm-hmm. being... Therefore, be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ or of me, his prisoner, mm-hmm. but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So we have that comforter, that we spirit do. in us so that we are enabled, encouraged, uh, uh, comforted to then take a stand in our culture and bring the gospel to the world because the temptation is to shrink back. That's right. Because we're going to get some pushback. That's right. That is spiritual warfare. We have to know that up front. Know Absol- that up front. Absolutely right. And it's amazing to think about how the Lord has not left us comfortless. And uh, I had uh, mentioned this to you, Dr. Mark, but uh, R.C. Sproul gave a, a real good teaching on the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, and how the, 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 Greek, the um, English word is a compound word in itself. And it's like a Latin root, calm together, forte, meaning strength or power. Right. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so together strengthen. So the Holy together Spirit strengthen, yep. coming in and strengthening us. And in the context of that message that Jesus gave on the eve of his crucifixion, just prior to his high priestly prayer uh, in John 14 through 16, it's in that context where he's talking about that greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. And there's been a lot of debate about what those greater works are. Um, and I'm sure it includes many things, but it wasn't certainly exclusively signs and wonders and miracles because Jesus walked on water. He multiplied the fishes and loaves, opened uh, blind eyes and raised the dead. And so the apostles didn't do greater works as far as magnitude of glory or power demonstrated. But um, we see when Jesus says, greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Right. We see that uh, just several verses later in the next chapter, Jesus said that um, it is necessary that I go away because if I go not away, I will not send you the Holy Spirit. So he links going unto the Father with sending the Spirit. Sure. So I think a, a, a proper interpretation of what Jesus says in John 14, when he says, greater works than these shall you do. He that believes on me shall do greater works than these, right? Because I go to the Father, he's saying, uh, greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Correct. And you get that in Acts 1, right? There you go. one eight. It's absolutely the same con, uh, concept. Uh, you have, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So it's a it's a prophecy of what was going to take place in the book of Acts. It tells the whole story of the book of Acts, right? As yeah. you see it, and then it, in, in the three three levels of places it goes. But it's the power of the Spirit that is the useful element for them at that point, because they transform from what they transform from these these folks hiding in a room yes. to these folks walking the streets, um, talking openly about things that they know will cost them, because they've just seen it occur. Wow, right? and and but the power is there, and they and they walk in that power absolutely. You, he says, "You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You should be my witnesses." Again, absolutely, there's that Holy Spirit power 
not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, right? right. Uh, and, and, and so he says that you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, martyrs, is the word in the Greek, yep. uh, martyrs. There's a reason they call it that. Yes. <laughs> Witnessing and martyrdom come hand in hand. That's right. To some degree, if not ultimately. Uh, and so you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So again, that comforter, that paraclete, brothers and sisters, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those who are listening, and we have been given the Holy Spirit to empower us, to encourage, encourage, give us courage to then speak forth the light into the darkness uh, and um, and to be witnesses. And in that context of, of, of that dissertation there, Jesus' message there on the eve of his crucifixion, he goes on and he says, right when he's talking about the comforter, he says is that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Yep. I'm telling you this before, so when it happens, you'll know that I was sent of God. And he says, the time will come when they'll put you out of the religious institutions, the synagogues, uh, and uh, he who kills you will think that he does God a service. Right. And and then Jesus says, and I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will witness of me, and you will witness of me. Right. So so Francis Schaeffer and others, you know, uh, were pointing us to the fact our Lord was, you know, that we're called to go and bring the kingdom of God into the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So so we're not to just shrink back in fear and be some sort of, you know, um, monastery, you know, where we're in a conclave hidden off somewhere, are we? Right. Yeah, I was just thinking about Romans 1 where Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Mm. Absolutely. Because it's the power of God. Come on. Right? For That's the transformation of the soul. That's the power of we're God. We're not ashamed. Not ashamed. Unashamed. There's no reason for shame. God has taken away our shame. Come on. We don't have it anymore. We're I free from shame. the Holy Spirit, as you're saying that, Dr. Mark, because... Um, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ here on Kingdom Talk Radio. We're proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God. And so uh, we're going to shout it from the housetop. Uh, you know, we need to live the gospel. We need to be loving, the most loving people on the earth, most sacrificially loving and uh, you know, giving of our time, being good listeners, connecting with people, uh, showing mercy, grace, and love. Uh, at the same time, though, we are called to bring the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then just kind of wrapping up this thought here in John there, 14 through 16, uh, he says, right after he says that it's necessary I go away, because if I go, go not away, I will not send the paraclete, the comforter, the strengthener, the encourager. And when he has come, he will reprove or convict the world of sin of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to the Father, and judgment because the prince of this world has been judged. We're going to talk about that here in just a bit on steps to freedom. We're talking about freedom in Christ here today on Kingdom Talk Radio. That's 1550 KXEX. That's every Saturday from 12 to 1. And we're talking about freedom in Christ today. And so when that Holy Spirit comes in us, see, it isn't like the Holy Spirit is over there doing some things, and we're watching the Holy Spirit 
uh, convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. No, it's the Holy Spirit in us, in the kingdom of God, in the ecclesia, the called out assembly, the church of God, bringing the gospel and reproving or convicting the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Here's what, and wrapping this up, this was such a great insight when I saw this. And I, some of this, I was listening to N.T. Wright, just in my own personal studies, but um, where uh, Paul before Felix is uh, being charged with causing uh, upheaval and social unrest by the Jews. And it says that Paul reasoned with the governor, Felix, okay, world leader, uh, regarding uh, righteousness, temperance, and the judgment to come. So here is Paul with the Holy Spirit after the day of Pentecost, and he's doing the very thing that Jesus said that the paraclete, the comforter, will do convict the world of righteousness, of sin, and of judgment. Amazing. Yeah, yeah there's a, just a thought on that. Isn't it loving of Paul, actually, to tell people the truth in that, in that context? Because Felix had the background, he understood what was going on there, and he called out the truth. It's a compassionate action by Paul to tell them the truth. So I can imagine him saying it, not in a harsh and ugly way, but in a way that seeks to draw Felix in, because that's his goal in that whole conversation. I wish that you would be as I am, except without these chains. That's right. right. Then he, he says, wants you to draw him in. convince me. Well, you almost, yeah, exactly. You know, and so, so you sense that huge draw. He's trying to, he's trying to love, on, love him into the kingdom. You need to know this, Felix. This is so important for your soul. These are the truths of things that will occur, right? And I need to tell you, I need to try to love you and draw you in to be as I am, except without the chains. Yes, to be as I am, except without the chains. You know, true love speaks truth in love. And I think of, you know, um, of uh, the, four, the, uh, the four loves, right? You know, you've, yep. yeah, you've got the different types of love, but there's agape love. Yep. Uh, and uh, that's really the love of God, it's divine love, and it seeks the best uh, for the other. Yeah, it makes the hard choice to do what's right for somebody else. Exactly right. Yeah. To do what's right for them, right? because you care about them. When you love others, you do what's right for them. That's, that's a hard choice for us as selfish individuals, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it is, it's a sacrificial love that is really what God's called us to, and we have to be willing by the power of the Holy Spirit, yep. led of the Holy Spirit in yep. a way that is compassionate, uh, but yet empowered, be right. courageous to confront the world. And that's such a, a great experience that you had there at Labrie and Francis Schaeffer. So if you're not familiar with Francis Schaeffer, look him up, maybe read some of his writings, but he did, uh, did bring some light into the world uh, through the gospel. And that's so, so important. And, you know, uh, on an individual basis, you know, um, we really do need to um, recognize our, our new identity in Christ. And um, just just briefly, when you and I had met about 20 years ago and, and we were new friends and uh, our sons were the same age, and that's how we met each other, actually, I think it was through our sons, our wives. Possibly. Yeah. And, and uh, the bottom line is they were 12, 13, 13 years old and uh, coming of age. And uh, so we wanted to do a rite of passage for them that would uh, affirm them as young men. Uh, can you share a little bit about that and what we did? Yeah, so it was really an interesting uh, time together. We had about five different, I think it was five, five. different uh, 
men and sons, and we spent some time time alone in the wilderness, actually with the guide, which was good. Yeah, and um, and uh, we had uh, different events. One of them was uh, the most one of the more powerful ones, as I recall, was our own personal testimonies of things that we had done that we um, made hard choices to do the right thing at, right? And you know, look away from look away from those that were drawing you into lust or or, or um, make hard decisions about um, about ways that things that people want you to do that are that are not helpful. My mm-hmm. wife just talked just reminded me that she took the stand to not drink alcohol as a as a uh, sophomore in high school and was rejected by her class entirely. Wow. She was uh, a small school and so there's no getting away. And so she spent her lunch, um, she ate her lunch quickly and spent the rest of the time on her own, mm. right, for that kind of thing. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. taking a stand. Took a stand, it was tough. But but God has has strengthened her through that, right? That's That event in her life has made her an incredibly strong person. She's only about 110 pounds. So she, <laughs> she can wrangle with the largest of them and has done in the past. Oh, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Runner and such great uh, health and all of that. It was such a sweet spirit. So, so yes, um, that's the thing is that, so we had this time, so we had five dads, yep. five sons, we go yep. up into the Sierras right? and we did repelling together and we got to we hold did. the rope for each other. So right. my son held the rope for me as right. I was repelling off a cliff. Right. Your son, John Mark, held the rope for you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention that was really special about that yeah. is that we, you encouraged us and I was really grateful to speak a blessing over them. And a blessing is a powerful statement. I was just reading through um, I, um, Isaac and Jacob and the blessing that goes there, mm-hmm. and then and then uh, God God blessing Abraham, of course, and these sort of things. The speaking of a blessing over individuals My is a very loving act to do, because God is empowered by blessing. You see that in in the I mean, I mean, Isaac speaks over Jacob and, and Esau, and he can't retrieve that blessing even though he wanted so to. So powerful. Right? It's gone. He can't, he can't change his mind on that. And, and Jacob lives in the blessing, right? So yes. just, I'm just encouraging folks, if, you, if you've never heard of that as, a, as an element for um, helping out people that are in trouble, family and otherwise, that speaking blessings over them is a wonderful way to do it. You know what a blessing is a blessing when you say, oh, Lord, may you make them a better father. Very oh, good. My, oh Lord, may you give them the wisdom that they need to guide them. Oh Lord, may you. The concept of the may you is a concept of a blessing. It's a powerful element. And I just want to throw that in for free. Yeah, that's excellent. I appreciate that. That's so important. You know, I'm so glad we did that. Looking it was beautiful. Back, I wish I had blessed my children more. You that, still that would, have that, that opportunity. And I do. <laughs> and I do. But the thing is, is, um, is uh, that was a deliberate time so we ended up getting these large uh, swords. The reason we're talking about this is we're talking about identity, new yep. identity in Christ and right. freedom in Christ. And so with these young men, you know, as, as we grow and young women, you know, we're trying to find our identity. Who are we? What are we good at? We know, what are we about? What are our purposes? You know, who am I? You know, and so um, in affirming them in their uh, manhood at this stage. So, so we got these big old swords. We packed them in the, the, the boys at that time, the young men didn't know that we had and we brought in some stakes we uh did the repelling held each other's ropes we sat around the fire and then we shared our testimonies of things that we had struggled with and god had given us victory over as men and then Mm -hmm. we had the young our sons write down 
childish, a childish behavior or more, or more than one, but at least one, that they were going to put behind them as they step into manhood. And they wrote it down, and then they they held it, and we prayed, and then they threw it into the fire. And uh, sparks are flying up under the stars and the moon. It was such a gorgeous night. And then we had them stand forward after our steak dinner. Uh, We had them close their eyes, and they all stood shoulder to shoulder right in the line there, shoulder to shoulder. And then we stood right in front of them. We grabbed the swords, and we held them over their heads. And and then we said, okay, open your eyes. And here are the five of us holding these giant real swords. They're like three and a half feet long. Yeah, they're huge. They were real swords um, over their heads. And they're like, whoa, you know. That was cool. That was cool. Very cool for them, yeah. Yeah, we held it over. And then we each dubbed them and, and blessed them. Yep. And, and called them forth to be the man with the character traits that we saw in them that were masculine, that were leadership cap- qualities, and uh, and blessed them. And then we gave them the sword, yep. and they're, they're just that, waving around. There was around a little bit of craziness after that. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody died, though. That was uh, Yeah, good. that's right. <laughs> that was so, so good. And that's the thing. We're talking about freedom and a new identity in Christ, and this is so important. Um that we have that foundation, that we're listening, because words are power. They're powerful. Words you, are powerful, absolutely. You had mentioned about Just the blessing. That, absolutely. And so if our words are power, I mean, look what Hitler did with words yeah. for evil, you know, and look what Jesus did with the word of God for good. And so uh, words are powerful. It says the, 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 that the, uh, the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So if our words are powerful, how much more powerful is the word of God? And uh, and so when we uh, are recognizing this, um, it's important to recognize that we, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Right. Okay? And so it's that true identity in really finding steps to freedom, isn't it? It is. That's the foundation. That's really the core of the whole deal is to understand your identity. And that's what's really opaque or, or, or not uh, clear to many folks mm-hmm. in our current situation and our current culture, is the identity concept is very fuzzy. And there's a long history on why it's fuzzy, and I won't go into that, but it's what we're left with today is that people are defining their own identities, right? Yes. They, they are what they believe they are. And it makes a lot of sense until you think about it a little bit. And if I am what I think I am, then tomorrow I can change my mind and think about it myself in a different way. Mm-hmm. And three days after that, I can change it again and change my identity again. Well, it, it's very obvious to me. I mean, it should be very clear that that's not a stable source of identity. And that does not give a platform upon which you can really live. You, we need a source of constancy in our life, and identity from God offers that. Identity from myself, right change, you know, at whim, uh, it doesn't give me a source to live on. There's no certainty in my life if I live on that in that context. So it's, you see that identity really is the core of our understanding of ourself and how we work. And there's two sources. There's, there's, you know, God... Sh- God talks about directly what our identity is. Right? He tells you, he tells believers, well, a non-believer is in a different state, right? They're uh, in a confused state, but he tells believers what their identity is. And mm-hmm. he, there's a whole bunch of terms that he uses, probably 40 different terms 
better used to describe our identity. We are children. We are loved ones. We are heirs. We have an inheritance. We are friends. We are um, co-heirs with Christ. And you can just go on and on and on and on about these things that are true that Come are true, on. and this is this is the point that we need to rec. We don't think this that we are loved. How many miss? I mean, everyone in the room thinks that that they're the only one that God doesn't love. <laughs> everybody, God loves everybody else. God doesn't love me, right? Yeah. But everybody else is thinking the same thing, right? So you see how clear the deception is. I mean, clear the deception. Yeah. See how complete the deception is. Yes. That 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 is going on here. That people think that they can't be loved because they've done all these things. And that's not God's criterion. God does not love according to a set of rules. He loves because it's his very nature. And there's nothing so beautiful as the uh, prodigal son where the, the, the man that had gone off has done everything that in that culture is 100% repulsive to the cultural people and to his father himself. And God himself is... Is, is playing the role of the father in, the, in that one. And when the son comes back, he doesn't start down the list. That's not his approach. And we need, to, we need to embrace this concept in our soul that God loves us with that kind of overwhelming, extravagant love that will embrace us in our current state. Wow. We don't change in order to be loved by God. We are loved by God and embrace that in our soul, and that changes us over time. It's totally opposite of what we would think. We do not earn God's love. It's not possible because it's already done. If we try to earn God's love, which is what the older brother tried to do in the story, yeah. you know, he's just got it completely backwards. Mm. God loved him already, and he's somehow not understood that. And so he goes about searching everywhere he can, as we often do, to find out where God can love us more how could we can make god love us but that's just ridiculous because god has already up front told us and demonstrated by his acts cross being the, the primary that that we are already loved and it's not the issue right the issue is do you know that do you know that have you embraced that and then can you live that that God actually loves me as I am in my current state, not a transformed person. That takes time, right? That takes, that's a different thing, but I'm loved. I just, I just can't stop talking about this. This is so huge and it's fundamental to identity, right? It's fundamental to identity in our society. Yes. And identity is fundamental to peace and competence and confidence and, uh, having a life that's built on a solid foundation. Absolutely. So let's unpack yeah. this a little bit. Yep. You know, so we've got the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, whoever, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he's like unto a man who builds house upon the rock. There's your solid foundation, the exactly. Word of God, right? Yep. But when the winds come and, and the rain descends and the floods beat upon the house, it falls not because it's, it's built upon the rock. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine, the Word of God, right, and does them not, it's like unto a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat him on the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Yeah. Uh, and it says, when he was done there, he says, and, and they heard him as one who taught with authority, not as the scribe. So, right. So Jesus is speaking with authority there. And so what, 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 what you're saying is, and what the scriptures are saying, is that we need to have that solid foundation of what God says about me. Exactly. 
what God yep. says, not what I say yep. about my, not what my brothers, not what your daddy not, told you, not what my family, not, not what, what whoever, not, the not, not the re- guy they rejected you on the, on the football field or didn't embrace you to be a part of the cheerleaders. Not that. That's, right. That is not your definition of who you are. Absolutely not. Because words have power. Words have power. And if we don't recognize That's that right. there are words that have been formed against us. That's right. That we can allow the fiery darts. You said we're supposed to put on the full armor of God, right? The shield of faith to right. quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Right. And if we don't have the shield of faith, those darts can get through and can have a place for the devil. That's right. Now, I'm just thinking going back that that it's um, uh, on the Romans 12, 1 and 2 concept there mm-hmm. that it's the transforming of the mind. Right. Right. By what? By embracing the truth. Yes. Right? And And I've lived that, frankly, over the last couple of years. On doing a concept called uh, that we have in Freedom in Christ called Stronghold Busters. Okay, and um, there's there's three. Is it okay to go into this? Now? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> um, there's there's the concept of identity, which is absolutely fundamental. Fundamental, and then there's three other concepts that are really powerful, that are important to capture in our minds and understand in our souls, and that is the concept of security, the concept of significance and the concept of acceptance, mm-hmm. right? And when I first heard about freedom in Christ, it was very obvious to me that I did not believe in my acceptance before God. Mm. That was just very obvious because I could count the number of times I had felt rejected. I had been rejected, so I thought, right? And so the concept that God would accept me as I am for who I am was foreign to the way I believed about myself. It's not that I didn't have it in my head, that was an easy one, but I didn't have it in my heart. You were a Christian already? Absolutely. Been for, a church for, for 40 years plus. Yeah. Serving right. God. Absolutely. But still didn't have that deep revelation, the height, did the depth, the width, know. the length of did, the love of Christ. Did which, not know that I was accepted by God. Yeah. Step one. Right? And as you pick up scripture that teaches you that and embed that in your heart and repeat those things, you can build new new pathways in your mind that are truth-based that support that in your soul, oddly, starts to change. Amazing. It's, it's true. We talk about it now. There's neuroscience covering that that's, that, that uh, you can dive into. I've been doing a number of, read a number of books on that recently, but you can change your mind, and in changing your mind, you, you physically change your being, but you change your soul as you embed this word of God into you. And that's the transformation of the person. Wow. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the pathway. Romans 12, Romans 12, one and two, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, not by the law of God. That's right. Okay. But by the love of God, by the mercies of God, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. To to what? To the, to the thoughts of the world. That's the where words, we start, man. That's where we start. The word, That's the foundation of freedom in Christ. This now, ministry. Now, that's that where you, we start as a non-believer is okay, fully, right. fully conformed to the world. Yeah, right, right. Be not, and we talked about the spirit of the age, the spirit, right? right. right. So, so be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may prove it as that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So, yeah, but I just want to lay out a personal experience on this. Please, please do. You're you testimony. can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the point here. Please. 
So it's not a it's not a theoretical theoretical concept. It's not some philosophy or theology that is not um, not true or not relevant to you. Right. It's the possibility that I'm laying out before you because it's happened to me, where now I know in my soul that I'm accepted by God. How did I get there? I got there by repeating time on time the concept that God does accept me. God does accept me as I am. And as I, as I work through that over a period of about 40 days, mm-hmm. it takes time. Yeah. What happens is it chips away at the hardness of your soul and you actually start to embrace this truth about yourself that you are accepted. And then your behavior changes oddly because now you don't have to, you know, you don't have to feel the rejection that you've felt in the same way, right? Somebody doesn't like me. That's okay now. Right. Because I don't have this bone in my head that I'm not accepted. And it triggers a bunch of things that are, are not helpful because I don't have that in there anymore. Yeah, you're it's amazing. You're drawing that from, you're drawing your, your sustenance of acceptance and love from almighty God. It's the truth, what you just spoke about, right? Yeah. It's the truth of the word. Yes. And it is true. Yes. And can be proven, but it's, it's truth about the word that I now embed in my head by memory, by, by working it, by going over it for a period of time. And as I, as I, as I work on that truth, that actually transforms me as a person. That's what Paul means. I am transformed as a person. I behave differently. I, I, I act differently. I treat other people differently because I've been transformed. Let me tell you what significance did to me. Yes, what that looked like for you. I did not think I needed to work on significance. I was quite clear about that. I had worked on acceptance and security, which were my first two issues or mm-hmm. large issues in this. And the third one, that freedom in Christ teaches is the importance of significance. And I thought, well, I'm good there. I have no issues with that. Well, that was false. Of course, I was deceived in thinking that I already understood the concept. So one day I decided, well, no, I, you know, I really need to start in this. And as I started working through significance, just as God thinks about me as a valuable individual, I am God's workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that he's planned in advance for me to do. As I see myself as significant, what falls away? Well, it's a need to be at the center of attention. It's a need to have the last word. It's a need to be right all the time. All these horrible behaviors that I've had for years, years and years and years, can fall away, and I'm at peace with myself, and it's okay to not be the center, because Why? Because I'm significant to God Come and on. always will be. It's a firm foundation. It's a beautiful story. I Eternal. Can't, it's amazing stuff. So this is a personal transformation this is that you're happening. going through. And this is what brought you awareness to this freedom in Christ the right. ministry and the tools that are available to reinforce that foundation. To, exactly. To come to an understanding of the truth of your true identity in Christ. Right. And you experience, what did, that, what did that look like? You were on a trip somewhere? What, what, I mean, how? Oh, how did I get involved? Yeah, what's your testimony? Christ? Oh, that's a, that's a. Um, I'll tell a little longer version if I can than I told you. Okay. So, um, a friend of mine who was in Freedom in Christ asked me to uh, support him in his in his ministry, and not knowing what Freedom in Christ was, I thought, well, if I'm going to give money away, I should probably do it in a responsible fashion, not just throw it to some cult or I have no idea what he's about. Yeah. So he said, well, you really need to read these two books. 
One of them was uh, Victory Over the Darkness by uh, Neil Anderson, and the following one was uh, The Bondage Breaker by by the same guy. And then the the first book sort of lays the foundation, and I blew through that on my trip to Bangkok. Um, and because uh, I, I work in the in the tech industry, we have a contract manufacturer in Bangkok. I was going there seven, eight times a year. Wow. And on on a trip on a, on a fifteen hour plane flight, you've got some time to do some reading. Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many movies you can watch. Three is the max number, by the way. <laughs> um, and so you've got this time to do reading. So I picked up those books and started to, to, to work through my commitment to him. And I did it just um, in an intellectual basis. Started, what is he talking about? Oh, yeah, okay, this and that and the other thing. And then, um, and then I got to the bondage break, and I was reading that through. And I was, visiting my, I was about to visit my brother, who was at the time living in Kuala Lumpur, and um, and I got to the back of the bondage breaker, and there are these steps to freedom, which you've talked about. Neil Anderson, Neil Anderson has it in a variety of different formats. You can get a, a, a um, pamphlet that is just the steps to freedom, but in the back of the bondage breaker, it has those steps to freedom. So I'm here's how it works: you pray, and you ask God to tell you what your issues are. Well, that's a very dangerous prayer, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but you pray and ask God what your issues are, and if you're honest with yourself, and I've seen this a number of times, the Holy Spirit shows up. The Holy Spirit shows up and shows you your issues. Wow. And Neil's got a list of things on the, on the page there and say, are they these? Have I been involved in the Masons? Have I been involved in the occult? Have I been involved in seances? Have I been involved in, the, in, in uh, Christian scientism? Or Christian science and all these all these possibilities mm-hmm. for things that are um, um, really demon driven or evil driven um, that I need to separate myself from, and you just mark them down. So and then you move from there to uh, another other issues. You work through pride. You work through um, you work through self reliance. You work through um, a lot of different kinds of things that are there mm-hmm. in the steps of freedom. And so I was doing that in the airport. And at the end of the at the end of the thing, at coming to the last prayer, I I, I had um, I had two things that occurred, and then some of the things later, which I didn't tell you about, but I will. Mm. I had um, I had a complete silence in my head, like I'd never known. Mm. I have had conversations in my head going on for years and years and years, and had no idea that it was not just myself. There were thoughts that were being shot into my head left and right, by, by the evil one, frankly. Mm. And I was struggling with them for years. And they were gone. Wow. Just like that. It's, 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 I mean, I sat there for three hours. I had plenty of time, finished the work, and they were gone. And another thing that was gone at the same time was a deep embedded anger that I had had for years and years and years. And, uh, and it was gone. And, and I, I thought to myself, this is very strange. Now, how do I live? Francis Shaver's question. How do, how do I live? <laughs> <laughs> that was the title of one of his books. Right, it was books, yeah. Bestseller. Yeah. How do now, I, how, how do I live? How do, yeah. how do I live now that I don't, not I'm not driven by anger? Yeah. And and have this no conversations in my head, right? So, so then um, there were a couple of things that happened after that. Um, um, I I really felt like I was under direct attack. So Bangkok is not the healthy of, of places spiritually. No. And there's a number of. Um, you know, a number of things there. It's a it's a Buddhist country, and a, and there's a heavy spirit about it. Yes, there is a lot of sexual uh, perversion and, yeah. and sex trafficking and all kinds of it's things a, going. My brother describes it as a grimy place, mm-hmm. and that's that's a good description. 
Um, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful, beautiful, it's a beautiful people, country. And there's great missionaries there. It's a great, great yep. field for the gospel. Wonderful place to go and share but the gospel. But it's an intense spiritual right. environment. Right. And I was under immediate attack. I was starting to hallucinate and thought I was going to be arrested. I called my wife. She said, have you had anything to eat? I said, no. Well, why don't you start there? <laughs> it's so great. And so, uh, and then we prayed together and, and God, and, 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 and we walked through that. And it was, it went on for a couple of days. My brother came in from Kuala Lumpur and helped me to get back on the airplane in one piece. And, uh, and this I, I was after God. you went through that. Yeah. See, so there's, there's, here's, here's how we, here's how we talk about it. The that that the devil doesn't give up ground easily, right? Right, and being being unprotected by myself as a man in a country of that type, as we just talked about, what's there? It's it's um, it's a tough environment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when I've gone back later on, I've had spiritual experiences, and I've used exactly what we've talked about previously as an offense mm-hmm. to take a scripture and to just drive it into my soul, right? Right. And work it, work it, work it, because it is because you can you can attack the sword. The word of God is a yep. sword. We yep. talked about that, right? Yep. The word of God is a sword, mm-hmm. and you can use it in that fashion. A work yep. of faith. Paul he commends yep. the Thessalonians for their yep. labor of love, their patience of hope, and their work of faith. So it's faith, I was, but it is it's work. It, it, yeah, I was thinking about the Ephesians uh, uh, six passage about the armor of God, sure. the sword of the spirit being the word of God. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I was, and so I was swinging a sword, man. Yeah, and so, so then, so then you were able to then, through the tools that you were given through this uh, ministry, uh, to then rise above and get victory over that attack that happened in Thailand to you. Yeah, yeah. So that was at the very beginning of my my path and freedom in Christ. I was just just new to it, and these other things we've talked about are things that have happened later on. Okay, elements that I've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, working with. Uh, with the truth and using that as a, as a new tool, mm-hmm. um, understanding the nature of, um, of, of building things in, in advance mm-hmm. by, by doing a memory and doing, a doing a, what we call stronghold busters to break out a stronghold that okay. you believe like, or, you know, I can't be ever be loved or, you know, there's, there's all kinds of deceptions there that are just not the case for you. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can work them out, right. You can get rid of them by, by by taking truth and and putting that in your mind. Come on, uh, that you shall know the truth, and the yep. truth shall make you free. But you know that in Greek, knowledge is not head, is it? Knowledge is experience. Knowledge is life. Epignosis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's biblical. Sorry, that's that's biblical. Or even Hebrew. Yada. Yeah, Hebrew. Yeah, yada. Sorry. Yeah. Yada. Yada is yeah. yeah to know experientially. But, but biblical knowledge is not just head. No, it is here in the states, but that's not the Bible. No, no. Again, Romans so, twelve. You know, exactly. and, and 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 so you know, we we uh, recognize that as Second Corinthians ten says that though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, right? But mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought. Yeah, unto the obedience of Christ. So when those thoughts come in, whether they're whether it is demonically inspired or whether it is from our own from the flesh world or the, the flesh. world, yeah, it's three enemies, right? right? The flesh, the devil, and the world. There you go. There you go. Three enemies that we are able by the power of the Spirit and the Word of God to bring every thought into captivity. Yeah, unto the that's a, that's always been a battle cry of mine. Yep. Uh, and 
And so the thing is, is this is the whole package, isn't it, Mark? Is it's it, this is the victory that overcomes the world? First John, right? Yeah. Uh, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now, um, the reality is, is that um, that uh, Paul says that we're to fight the good fight of faith. It's not the good fight of self-exertion, you know, and uh, right. you know, uh, even self-discipline, uh, separate from the spirit. But it's 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 the good fight of faith. So it really right. the whole package is this, isn't it? Our faith is, and faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the whole package is believing God, believing what God says about who I am, believing yep. what God says about other people, yep. and believing about what God says about himself, and believing about what God says about his universe. The whole yeah. battle, it's, it's a battle. We are called to spiritual warfare, and we simply need to believe the truth of what God says in God's word. Right. And you, you brought up a very important one that's sometimes missed, and that is the nature of God himself, right? Because we've had fathers that have not been perfect. I think you're looking at one. I think everyone has, and I have as well. And, um, and that's how we think about God. I had an experience about a year and a half ago where, um, where it came to me and I had no idea where it came from that, my father was not emotionally available to me ever, and I don't recall ever hearing him say, I love you. You can imagine what that does when, when you recognize that and you juxtapose that concept with the fact that God does. And he is the father. Right? And you forgive your father, which is what I was required to do. I, I, I understood it very clearly in my mind. I forgave my father for not being emotionally available. And when I forgave my father for not being emotionally available, what happened? The world of my love for God started to bloom. Wow. Yep. It was the, it was the gateway into my love for God, my forgiveness of my father. I had no idea Amazing. that this would occur like that. But that, that's just what I need, knew I needed to do. And the item I'd been praying for, for that year, as we worked through a, a course that we have in Freedom in Christ called Transform, was I said, God, I really want one thing. I want to learn to love you. And this was the moment where it started to bloom. Oh, my it's gosh. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And here, you know, you're a very smart man, you know, Dr. Mark, and, you know, uh, educated and uh, really a scientist in the work that you do. And and all of this is such uh, a spiritual, transformative, experiential dynamic that you're talking about. Yeah, the head and the heart are different places, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. And so I, I want to just give people an opportunity to to find that hope in Christ. You know, if you're listening in and uh, you don't uh, sense the love of God, you don't uh, ever remember a time when you've just surrendered to Christ. You have not put your faith in Christ. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, calls out to you. And he says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, learn of me, and you shall find rest. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for your sins. He paid a terrible price for your sins and for my sins. Uh, took that upon himself. And uh, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on the cross for you. 
by name, John, Maria, Roger, Jose, whatever your name, God knows your name. He sent his son to die for you, take his sin upon himself. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and he poured out his Holy Spirit. And he's calling out to you right now. He's saying, I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. And I'm giving you a new identity in Christ. And I'm setting you free. Just confess your sins to him. Say, Lord, I turn from my life of sin. I repent. I confess to you that I have sinned against you. And then say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. And then say, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your Holy Spirit. And he fills you right now with the Holy Spirit. You are a new creation in Christ. Grab a hold of him by faith. Find a Bible. Open your Bible. Read your Bible. Connect with the Good Bible Church and find discipleship, uh, not unlike what we're talking about here at Freedom in Christ, uh, where you're going to have somebody that can sit down with you, that can walk through this with you, a small group even, a house group, a cell group, um, and a Bible-believing church and be raised up in Christ into freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And uh, people can actually find these tools that you're talking about at FICM, freedominchristministry.org. Is that correct? That's right. Um, FICM.org, correct. That's the that's the website. And there's a really powerful button there if you're interested. It's called Get Help. There you go. It's very straightforward. And I know the people behind it, they're fabulous people. Yeah, and there's courses available. There's there's videos available. There's um, lots of things available there with that. And and there's no reason to remain in bondage. There you go. There's no reason to remain in bondage. Um, this opportunity is there for everyone, and it's it's free. We do we do it without cost because we care that you're free. We want you to be free, right? And that's the power. They just hit the get help button and get started. And you've helped and people yourself. I do. Yep, I have um, I have run a number of courses myself, and uh, I'm currently running the transform we spoke about briefly. Okay, um, we've got about nine people in there, and and we we started in September. We'll finish in 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 May. Wow, uh, April yeah. May time frame. Wonderful ministry. And we've uh, yeah. So what happens is because we're honest about who we are. Like I've been on the mm-hmm. on the air now, that transforms the room. I'm telling you. Other people are willing to be honest as well about where they're at because um, you've been honest about where you're at. Why do we hide? I, I, it doesn't matter, right, that I had these issues. God accepts me as I am, right? That's this, what matters. And, yeah, absolutely. That's what matters. Exactly. And so I can share my reality, the reality of my struggles because God accepts me already, right? Who cares, really? <laughs> and, and when you do that, the, the community you form, this is the beautiful part. The community you form with others is so priceless. Our soul wants community. Our soul needs community. And community is available in the churches, like you mentioned, in small groups. Fantastic. Yes, they're available. At, uh, you can actually go to FICM.org. Dr. Mark Eshelman from Freedom in Christ Ministry. It's been such a privilege having you on, sharing your heart, being transparent. There is hope, isn't there? Absolutely. There's There's no reason not to hope. There's absolutely reason to hope. We have hope in Christ here on Kingdom Talk Radio. We're looking forward to connecting with you next Saturday. God bless. Have a great day.